Hi everybody, Karen Roby here for Jason Square with Jason Cipriani and Jason Perlow. Today we've got lots to talk about uh, about Samsung following Samsung Unpacked 2019. And Jason Cipriani, let's just start with you first. Uh, Samsung releasing uh, for the first time several versions here now of the Note 10. So I want you to talk about those uh, and we'll get into that uh, plus 5G as well. Yeah, so yesterday's event really Honestly, it was no big surprise to anyone. There were so many details that had leaked over the past weeks and months even of what to expect. Um, so Samsung, like you said, for the first time has actually varied the Note line a little bit with different size devices and it goes beyond different screen size as well. So we now have the Note 10, which is a 6.3 inch display. Um, it lacks a, Mac or a micro SD card reader. Um, and also a headphone jack for the first time ever on any Note or Samsung device. Um, and then there's the Note 10 Plus, which is 6.8 inch display, so it's a little bit bigger, has a micro SD card slot. Um, again, no headphone jack on any of the Notes. And then we have the Note 10 Plus 5G, which is basically the Note 10 Plus, but with a little extra modem in there to help it connect to 5G networks, um, which is launching exclusively on Verizon. The time limit on that exclusive isn't really known yet. Uh, should be a month, maybe a little bit more. I think that's what they did with the S10 Plus 5G when it was released back in March or April or whenever that was. So we had three new phones. First time Samsung's actually varied up the Note line. You know, in the past with the Note 9 or 8 and then the 7 and, you know, all the other ones. Uh, it was always, hey, here's the Note device. It has an S Pen, bigger screen than what we had before. Take it or leave it. Um, pricing starts at $949 for the Note 10 with 256 gigs of storage. Note 10 Plus is right at $1,100 for the same amount of storage. Now the 5G model, you're going to pay a premium. You're looking at about $1,300 for a 5G Note 10 Plus device, which is a ton of money. But, you know, in a nutshell, that's exactly what Samsung announced yesterday. They didn't really go out and uh, talk about much else. They did announce a Galaxy Watch Active 2, which they had pre-announced for the event a couple days before. But they announced yesterday an uh, Under Armour-specific model uh, built for runners and some tighter integration with Under Armour's products. Uh, but that's it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a big splashy event like we're used to from Samsung with a couple surprises. They went in, announced exactly what they were supposed to, and then, you know, kind of ended the event with a big uh, to-do. They had Microsoft CEO get on stage and talk about their partnership, getting stronger with Samsung um, and going forward. Yeah, so Jason, you know, really uh, what they did talk about is just as much for us to talk about as to what they didn't talk about, some of the things that they didn't mention, and we can uh, go into that in just a few minutes. But but first, Jason Perlow, let's dive into a little bit more with this uh, 5G model and your thoughts on that at that price point. Well, uh, seems pretty darn ridiculous to me if we consider that, you know, these networks are kind of, I mean, it's called their 5G networks, but they're first generation implementations of the 5G technology. and we, there really hasn't been a ton of standardization effort across the carriers to, you know, to decide you know, what they're going to put out. Um, frankly, there's really no standardization in 5G in the entire industry. If we look about it as a global phenomenon, um, every country, every geo seems to be implementing it slightly differently. Um, these are very expensive devices for networks that are, aren't really deployed in, in mass. 
Um, so you're going to spend a lot of money on a device that's going to turn out in about two years or so or three years is not going to function the same way or may not even function correctly on 5G. So this isn't an early adopter's device. People who can afford to drop disposable income on you know, a $1,300 phone and have it work in a very small number of markets. Um, quite frankly, the applications for 5G do not exist. I don't, I, I don't know what's currently out there that's even in development that you know, could possibly take advantage of that type of bandwidth um, on, a, on, a, on a cell phone. Um, you know, I use uh, my mobile devices at home on very fast 802.11ac uh, 5G, net, uh, 5 gigahertz networks where I can probably pull about three, 400 megabits a second um, through that device's modem, that Wi-Fi modem, through my gigabit connection on my broadband. And, you know, quite, I, I really don't see the difference between, you know, a 10 megabit per second stream on Netflix as I do, uh, you know, a, a 100 gigabit stream on Netflix just because the, the cloud provider and the application provider itself, Netflix, is going to be throttling uh, the bandwidth that's coming down to my device anyway at the endpoint. So unless you get this, you have a full open road that you're allowed to use and you have applications that can use that full open road, uh, just like when you drive one of those, you know, million dollar Bugatti Veyron cars, you know, you can't drive it at more than 80, 90, it tops 80, 90 miles an hour on an interstate highway. Yeah, it can do 250 miles an hour, but you have to go to a special track in Germany and unlock it to make it do it. That's kind of like what these phones are. Yeah, yeah, good analogy there, actually, Jason. I like that. Um, you know, Jason, sit around. I will sw switch back to you because I know you have some strong thoughts here on the price point. What are you thinking about that? What's your response? Yeah, it, you know, I I agree with Jason. There's there's zero use case right now for five G. Uh, you know, last year I went to Chicago and Motorola announced a device alongside alongside Verizon and. Uh, they touted 5G and they did all this talking about how great 5G is going to be. And the primary use case they kept going back to was before you get on a plane, download an entire season's worth of your favorite show on Netflix. What? Like, no, if I'm going to plan ahead, which I do, I, I'm going to have already my shows synced to my phone and sitting there going, you know what I really should do right now is download Stranger Things season one, because you never know how long I'm going to be stuck on this hour and a half flight. Like there, that is not a valid use case to justify paying, you know, $1,400 for a phone. And what complicates it even more is it's a messy launch between the Verizon model and the AT&T and T-Mobile model. Sprint hasn't really said what they're going to do. But right now, the Verizon model of the Note 10 plus 5G is launching with Qualcomm's X50 modem, which is their 5G modem that supports millimeter wave uh, 5G technology, which can easily be blocked by buildings. So it's launched in Chicago you know, earlier this year. And basically, it can vary de depending on what street corner you're standing on. It'll work on one block and not on the next. So it's very, but you're getting over a gig of speed. You know, you're getting insane speed when it connects, but you walk a block away and you're back on 4G LTE. Uh, so that's Verizon's model. Sam, or, uh, AT&T and T-Mobile are launching with the X55 modem, which supports the sub six gigahertz uh, network that they're rolling out, but doesn't work with the millimeter wave network that Verizon has. So essentially Verizon's modem will be obsolete a year from now when Verizon gets to that point. And, and AT&T T-Mobile's modems aren't gonna work across the 
broad spectrum of the network that they're rolling out. So right now you're an early adopter, you're paying 13 or $1,400 for a phone that a year from now you're going to have to upgrade and replace because it's not going to work properly with the network that you have. And we're not even taking into account what the networks themselves, the carriers are going to charge for access to 5g. It, it, and you know, and we really, other than downloading a season of shows, don't have a valid use case because it just doesn't exist yet. The technology is very young. I see no reason for anyone to jump on the 5G bandwagon at all. You're spending a lot of money to, yeah, run a cool speed test on one street corner and then go down the block and you're back on a normal connection. It, it's just, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I think a lot of people sharing that same sentiment, Jason. And let's stick with you for just a second. As I mentioned earlier, uh, no talk whatsoever about a couple of uh, big issues. One thing is we didn't hear anything uh, on Bixby. I wanted you to talk about that for a second, uh, as well as this, the headphone jack. So much talk of this, not a mention. Uh, and then the third thing there, uh, you're going to have to remind me of what it is, Jason. We were talking before we started this, but these are the things we didn't hear about yesterday. Yeah, so let's start with the headphone jack. You know, Samsung made a whole series of commercials. They really went after Apple when they removed the headphone jack from the iPhone 7. Talked about it being, you know, Apple came out and said they had the courage to remove it. And looking back, maybe it was a courageous move. Who knows? That's still there to be decided. But Samsung really jumped on that. And at every launch event since then, including the S10, they have made fun of Apple, or at least made a mention of including the headphone jack and being able to find ways to build a product that still gave customers everything they wanted and Samsung put everything they wanted in the phone. And yet the Note 10 launches and we don't hear a single word about why the headphone jack has disappeared. And I was reading something earlier this morning, the old ads on their YouTube channel have been taken down. They, they don't exist anymore. So it's kind of like, you know, if you were gonna have two years, three years worth of making fun of a company because they removed a, a feature and then you're gonna turn around and do it yourself. So let, let's hear some reasoning. Let's at least justify it. They, you know, it was a glaring omission from the event. Uh, the other one, yeah, Bixby. So Bixby works a little bit differently on the Note now. It actually works just like Siri does on the iPhone X or XS in that you hold in the sleep-wake button to interact with Bixby. And it can be customized. You can change that to a different functionality, but there's no dedicated Bixby button on the Note 10 which is, has been something that users have complained about the last couple of Galaxy phone releases. But there's also that Galaxy Pod or home speaker, Bixby speaker that they were supposed to release in 2018. Uh, they delayed it and we have not heard a word about it since. It wasn't mentioned at the event yesterday. There was some speculation that, hey, maybe they'll finally have it right and surprise us and uh, it'll come out. But they didn't mention that speaker at all and to the greater effect, they didn't mention Bixby. And then the last thing, is the Galaxy Fold. You know, they had prime stage time to talk about, uh, they've already announced that the Fold will launch. They've figured out how to fix it. It will launch sometime in September. That's great. But you had prime stage time to talk about what went wrong, what you did to correct it, and, you know, kind of apologize to those early adopters who put $2,000 down or were willing to put $2,000 down for a phone that was nowhere near ready for launch back in April. Uh, so I think those are three big misses in what Samsung did yesterday and what they should have talked about. Uh, and unfortunately, they didn't. The Fold is something I really wanted to hear something about. You know, let's walk us through what, how you fixed it. But unfortunately, they, uh, they stuck to the Note 10 and, you know, everything else. Yeah, I'm not sure how. That's what slipped my mind was the Fold. And maybe, maybe that's what Samsung's wanting everyone to do right now is just to put that off to the side 
Let's and, just forget about it and move on. Right, right. We'll deal with that later. Uh, all right. So Jason Perlow, you know, let's just talk about alternatives here. What else is out there? What's China coming out with? I know you've talked about the Pixel. You're a, a big fan of that. So, so talk about that for us. Well, quite frankly, you know, you know, we know quite a bit about the Pixel 4 and Pixel 4 XL based on unofficial and official leaks from the company. Frankly, I think, you know, Google missed an opportunity to launch uh, the Pixel 4 on the day or day before as, uh, as the Samsung event. You know, I don't think they even need an event. They just need to put the specs out and say, here it is, go buy it. Um, quite frankly, this is a year where I think the, uh, the flagship smartphones are all pretty darn boring and they're all very similar. Um, you have two, you know, I, I think you have the iPhone next, iPhone 11 coming out. That's going to be a, a total snoozer based on, you know, the, the specs that we know that it is. It's basically going to be the same phone as we have this year with some spec updates on, on, the, um, on the processor and a couple other things, maybe some, some screen technology improvements, but and, and extra cameras so that it compete with the, with the nicer Android devices out there. But the iPhone 11 is going to be a bit of a snoozer as well. The Pixel 4 looks to be very similar device to the Note 10 and, and the S10 in many respects. It's going to obviously use the same Qualcomm uh, SOC package, same Qualcomm modem technology. Whether or not Google does actually go for a 5G phone, I have no idea, but I think it's probably in their best interest not to release a 5G phone. I think they could underprice that phone slightly from what um, Samsung has. So if Samsung's base phone is, you know, like $1,100, if they come under $900 on the, the Pixel 4 XL, um, they might very well capture a lot of audience. I mean, I think that there's a lot of value to be said for a device that uses Google's prime experience, that Google's pure experience. Um, that is updated often, um, that uh, and also has some pretty darn good camera technology that they've proven from their previous phone uh, with just one lens. This will be a multi-lens phone, just like the S, like the S10 and and the Note 10 and the the new iPhone coming out. Um, I, I think that this that that is the phone that we need to be looking at as as potential you know Android Android buyers. And the other thing I want to say is you know what. Um, this, we should really look back and, and, and reconsider what Huawei has to offer. Um, you know, Jason's used a, a, a Huawei P30 Pro for a while. He sent it over to me to look at. I've been using it for a couple weeks. It is a fantastic device. Now, I don't know what, what, they, what they retailed it at in, in the UK. Um, had they rolled it out in the United States, who knows what it would have cost. Maybe it would have been $750, $800, $900. But it's a heck of a phone for the money. Um, it has all the, the same main components and features that we're expecting out of you know out of the s out of the note 10 also out of the the, the new pixel 4 um yes and huawei also builds its own processors and things so it can keep costs down i think that we are not doing ourselves favors um as a as a market um by not letting these phones into the country uh and, and having all these crazy you know uh you know trade trade wars and things like that um it hurts the consumer um, and it hurts competition. We need to have another player in there that can shake things up. Yeah, indeed. And as you mentioned, of course, it is a, it, it's kind of a boring time for smartphones that we're in right now, which uh, Jason Perlow, before we wrap up, let's just talk about this real quick. So we're seeing, you know, what feels like a lot of product overlay. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, product overlay. So, you know, what I think is weird is that the S10 and the, the Note 10 are very similar products. Um, I mean, there's maybe slight differences in, in the screen size. 
but uh, you know, we're talking like you know, three models within the the S10 line, and, th and three or four or five. I don't know how many sub models if you count the 5G stuff in other markets uh, in the Note 10 line. But that's a lot of of overlap uh, between two two products. Um, Apple seems to be able to do okay with just three phones total. Um, I don't know what uh, what Google's going to have, but they'll probably have two phones. You know, and, and I don't know what, what, what the various sizes of, of RAM and, and, and stuff are in them. Um, hopefully, Google learns its lesson this time around and goes with an 8-gig RAM phone, not a 4-gig RAM phone. That was a huge mistake. But nevertheless, lots of overlap in these, in these phones in terms of, of models, um, causing a lot of confusion among the consumer. I think unnecessarily manufacturing costs that are being also, uh, you know, that the consumer, the consumer has to eat because the manufacturer decides it wants to do nine different SKUs or whatever it is. It's getting ridiculous already. Just give us one or, one or two models of the same thing. Um, and gosh, you know, Samsung getting, you know, requiring people spend extra money so they can get the SD card. That's, that's total craziness. I mean, that's one of the things that I thought that they were a differentiator on and now we have to pay extra for it. That's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, agree on that. All right, Jason Cipriani, we're going to switch to you now for some quick final thoughts here from Samsung Unpacked 2019. What do you think? I actually think the base Note 10, the one without the micro SD card, is probably the most interesting and exciting product that they announced yesterday because it comes with 256 gigs of storage. And for most people, that's more than enough. You know, I've, I've used a lot of Galaxy devices over the years, and I always have a giant micro SD card in there. And I don't think I've ever, outside of when there was like 64 gig phones, I don't think I've ever actually had to store stuff on the micro SD card. So you're looking at a note that's under $1,000, which is a ridiculous thing to say in and of itself. Uh, phones should what not be- What a bargain. What a bargain. It's the greatest bargain you'll ever get at $949 for a phone. Uh, <laughs> But we, as a market, we need to quit paying over $1,000 for phones, and then the prices will come down. That's a whole other topic in and of itself. But the Note 10 at $949 uh, with a 6.3-inch display, it has the hole punch cut out. You know, it has all the same stuff that the more expensive Note 10 does minus that SD card. And you're still going to get the S Pen support, all the new features that come with that. Uh, to me... I think not only for consumers, but enterprise, it's a super appealing device in the fact that it is lower cost. It's a little bit more pocketable, manageable, and it has feature parity more or less with the larger Note 10 Plus. Uh, but that said, the S10 and S10 Plus are basically the same device, spec-wise, minus the S Pen. So if you really are set on getting a Galaxy phone right now, you're up for an upgrade, you're ready to trade in your old device, your real decision to me, my personal decision would be S10 Plus or the Note 10. Which one do I want? You know, and it's, but it's going to be interesting as we go forward and reviews start coming out and people start getting devices, what the reception is to a, a Note 10 without micro SD support and that 3D depth camera that separates it from the Note 10 Plus. But for me personally, I'm, I hope to get my hands on the, the standard Note 10. I think it's an interesting twist to the Note line um, instead of just putting out an unapologetically big device. And uh, hopefully the market reception is pretty warm to it. So Samsung kind of gets the hint that cheaper devices you know, are, are going to do better. But we'll have to just wait and see. 
Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see how those reviews uh, turn out. All right, guys, some great conversation there. We've certainly got you covered on Tech Republic and ZDNet for Samsung Unpacked. And we appreciate you watching this installment of Jason Squared.